0: Welcome to, to Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to Every Generation, so we can grow in our relationship with God.
1: Tonight we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and just a little, um, Recap of what's been going on since I was up here last. It's been a while. Um, Paul had to deal with a lot of uh, divisions in the church, a lot of uh, infighting. Um, the church that he founded and labored in for such a long time. And he was instructed by the Lord to go back there. And this was a church that was going through a lot of bad things. A lot of uh things that they weren't doing right. And it wasn't meant to be that. This was a church that was supposed to be doing good for the city of Corinth. And instead, it was being... It was like an infection. Um, so Paul had to deal with these divisions. And then we had to look... um at the cardinal ways of the Corinthian church. So we talked about that. We talked about uh, what it means to be cardinal. And we talked about if you're a true Christian and and you could be cardinal at the same time. um, We came uh, to the conclusion that you can because true believers don't stay cardinal forever. You just have to Keep seeking the Lord, and you don't stay cardinal for a long period of time. The last, and we talked about the last time, about being good stewards of of the Word and and God, taking what God has entrusted to you and embracing it, thanking the Lord for what you have, taking those gifts and those things that He wants you to do and do them without grumbling, without uh, complaining. What, um, whatever he has for you, you uh, do it and, and thank him for that, because he has a plan with everything that you have. And the last time, last time we saw Paul, had to deal with a lot of uh, immorality in the church and how he had to deal with that, and how it could defile the church. Paul's concern is for the church, and against the individual that were doing these immoral things. But here is a church that was proclaiming to be all spiritual, and it was far from that. And it was doing all these immoral, immoral things. Paul believes that if uh, there should be division in the church, they should be divided together against the individual doing these things and, and try to get him to turn his ways into godly ways. Because with divisions in the church, the church was never going to thrive and never going to be truly godly. They had to be they had to be good church discipline with those people. I know it's hard sometimes to go through church discipline when you hear that stuff. But when they do that, it's it's for the, the best interest of the person and for the church. A lot of churches today. They don't have church discipline, and it starts from the top, and that's what's so good about this church, because it has good church discipline. So as we jump into chapter 6 tonight, we're going to uh, start with verse 1. dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before unrighteous and not before the saints so right away he says dare any of you that's not he's not like uh, beating around the bush there that seems kind of harsh but dare any of you Paul Believes that the he just can't believe what the Corinthian Christians are doing right now. If any of if anyone is wronged in any way, they need to settle it within the church, within the believer to believer, instead of going to the law outside. It was thought that if they were wronged. In any way, they shouldn't go to judges that weren't Christians. and you hear that way too often these days. People uh, step on someone's foot and uh, they're getting sued. That's all they do these days is sue people. You know how many you know how many lawsuits that the Supreme Court receives? In a year it's quite a lot. And that's not even considering the ones that don't even make it all the way up to the Supreme Court. I think the world has become sue happy. They just like to just sue everybody. And that might be okay in the world, but when you're talking about the church, it it needs to be handled within the church. In a godly manner. Continuing on in verse 2 Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? how much more things that pertain to this life? If then you have judgment concerning things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are least esteemed by the church to judge? So Christians should fully be able to judge their own matters and not go to these secular judges, as it says, Bringing it to esteemed, uh, less esteemed by the church, because nobody really could truly judge you. I mean, God's the only true God, judge. So, if you're going through, if you're going through times like that, you have to really con- consider just taking the time to pray and get with that person and try to pray with them and, and talk it out instead of going outside. Because God really wants you to, to talk to Him and try to settle it like that. As we go to 5, it says, I say, to, I say this to, to your shame, Is it so that there is not a wise man among you, not even one who will be able to judge between the brethren? So again, he's saying here that there has to be somebody that's able to do this. There's got to be somebody with some kind of brain cell to be able to... To be able to handle this between the brethren. But a brother goes to the law against brother that before unbelievers. Now therefore, it is already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourself be cheated? So again, he says, if you go to these outside laws, you're already an utter failure. Now, a lot of times, I think people don't want to hear the truth. They feel like if they go to an outside secular judge or whatever, to get their issues handled, that they might maybe not hear the truth. They might hear what they want to hear. But that's not going to help you in the long run as far as your walk, as far as getting closer to the Lord. It's important to to work these out with other believers so that they could. You keep each other accountable. Accountability is an important word when you're going through your walk and trying and trying to get closer to the Lord. Verse eight. No, you yourself do wrong and cheat, and you do not and you do these things to your brethren. Do you not know that? The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor rivalers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. So I think that is pretty much self-explanatory there. All these people that were just mentioned here will not be inheriting the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So right here in verse 11, it's saying, but you were washed. We were washed by what God did for us on the cross. He took that horrific thing and allowed us to have a life that we could have without you know i mean we all we all have sin but he took that sin and was it was washed away for us as it says in Titus chapter 3 verse 5 not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of Holy Spirit. So again, he took that crucifixion and he washed us in his spirit. The next thing it says in there was, But you were sanctified, sanctified, meaning set apart from the worldly things and are closer to the Lord in Hebrews 10 verse 10 says by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of his body of the body of Jesus Christ once for all So again we we need to make that a a commitment to our our life and to the Lord that we are going to be set apart from the worldly things and become closer to him through prayer, through reading his word, through studying, through being around other like-minded believers. And that's what he wants for us. He wants us to do that, to become closer to him. The next thing on there it says, "But you were justified in the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of our God." In Romans 3:24, it says, "Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus." So again, you, you were justified in His name." Verse 12, "All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful." All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Foods for the stomach, and the stomach for foods. But God will destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. So it says here, food for stomach, and the stomach for food. So it's like... If you're hungry, you have to eat. But the but the body is not for sexual immorality. It's not saying that the body is not for sex because the Lord gave us that as a something to share with your mate. But it's not for sexual immorality, which is a huge thing that stumbles a lot of people. The Lord will destroy that when he sees those things creeping into your life. A lot of people in this world think that you should have many different companions. That's not godly at all. It's meant for one man and one woman to be joined together until, until you die, and having sexual immorality is something that is not to be in the Christian uh, vocabulary. Continuing on, 14, and God both raised and God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by His power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. So our bodies are members of Christ. When an individual commits themselves to sexual immorality, it decreases the entire body of Christ. And that's something that should never be done. He who joins who's joined to a harlot is one body with her, one flesh. When husband and wife become one flesh in a way that is under God's blessing, it's a gift that should never be tarnished, and you see that too many times. Verse eighteen. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. So Paul's not saying here just to casually try to resist this sexual immorality or just try to casually look the other way. He says flee sexual immorality. Which means flee from its very presence and not even entertain the idea. In Hebrews thirteen four says marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. So again, you take the sacred thing of marriage and You hold it dear to yourself. Because, again, it's a thing, it's a gift from God. It's something that he blesses you with. And you need to take that seriously in your life. Verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you for you have from God and you are not your own. For you were brought at a price, therefore glorifying God in your body and that your spirit, which are God's. So a temple is a place sacred to God and pure from immorality if it was true we are filled with the spirit this true this truth must influence our sexual behavior if we commit sexual immorality as christians we're not doing a very good job with god's temple now a lot of these things here has to do with how well, your knowledge is of Christ. And I know with the last Gainsburg Home Group, we talked a lot about the knowledge of Christ and the importance of that. Having a good knowledge of of the Lord goes a long way in a lot of areas in your walk. It helps you just just having a good biblical knowledge. It helps you speak to other people. If um, there's people that aren't saved and they don't know about the Lord, the knowledge of, of the Lord will help maybe turn their life around in the right direction. Also, a good knowledge of the Lord helps you Get into his word and pray. I've always said that I think prayer is uh, the most important thing. I uh, wouldn't have gotten through a lot of stuff without prayer. And praying to the Lord, it takes a lot of, uh, well, sometimes people don't know how to do it. For the longest time, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't want to pray. I didn't think I was praying the right way. But I had to learn that the Lord just wants to hear from you. The Lord wants to meet you where you're at and support what you're going through. And it's just a good, it's just an awesome time that you could have just with you and the Lord. And knowledge also, Helps you if people are defiling the Lord's name. Not understanding why you believe what you believe. If they want to uh, be argumentative. You don't have to be argumentative back, but if you just uh, say the truth, that's, uh, you know, If sometimes if you don't scream back and you uh, just say the truth, the situation sort of works itself out. So I guess the true question I have today, tonight, is where is your knowledge? Is your knowledge in the, in the word? Or is your knowledge in the world? That truly is my prayer that everybody's knowledge here is in, the, is in the word and not in the world. Let's pray.
0: You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m., And Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays we have children's church for all ages, in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.